from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Well, according to our mothers. Anyway. Absolutely. So, Miles, where have you been the past couple of weeks? I have been putting so much time into work, it's retarded. That seems unacceptable. However, I did brew. You're fired. I brewed. Oh, yeah? What'd you brew? Uh, we brewed a double India pale ale. Very cool. I and my marketing guy from the Homebrew Club. Okay. And we actually went down to the River Falls Golf Course uh, kitchen. Oh, yeah, very like, cool. They, like they have a whole building and stuff, and we got to use their kitchen. Awesome. And it was really nice brewing with that kind of space and stainless steel tables. <laughs> <laughs> so did you do a kit? Did you uh, yes. make your own recipe? No, it, it was a kit. Um, Miles, a kit. It was Chad's kit. So okay. I didn't pay for any of this. He just wanted me on board so that he could learn a whole bunch from me because uh, between the two of us, I'm, I'm the... Uh, more experienced. Okay. Uh, I think he's only brewed a couple of times. Okay. And so I said, let's just get a kit. It'll be so much easier, and I can still explain all of the theories and concepts and the whys to the whats. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. No, it, it was it was a lot of fun. It really makes me wish I could have just a huge stainless steel and tile <laughs> kitchen. All the time. With uh, six burners that have an air filter right above it. <laughs> And all the all the all the necessary tools. Very cool. Oh, not to mention sanitizer water just coming out of the wall. <laughs> oh, it was great. It even comes out warm. <laughs> Neat. Yeah, so so that's what I've been doing. Okay. Finally got to brew again, which hasn't which has been way too long. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while for you. It has. It's unfortunate, but I'm actually getting to the point where I'm gonna start doing that again. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um I haven't really done a whole lot beer related this past week. Um, my pale ale is ready though, and so we have that sitting in front of us. So we do. We'll talk about that for a few minutes before we dive into our regular discussion topic. Yes. Um, so I'll I'll reiterate the recipe again. Um, it was a ten gallon batch, thirteen pounds of US two row, uh, eight pounds of Golden Promise, and half a pound of Crystal Twenty. Um, hops, I did do a bunch of substitutions on this one, so it's not the Millennium and Falconer's Flight. Uh, it's Falconer's Flight and, oh crap, I th- I want to say Nugget. I think it was nu- No. I don't think no, so. No. What, what did I use? What, was it Columbus? I used I, a bit of Columbus, but I used some other stuff too. And, I, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. And, and I can't remember. I don't know. You can hear it in the... The past episode, not super important right yeah. now. Yep. Um, I hit I hit all the numbers. Uh, and as far as looks go, besides uh, this being just a shade too light, um, it looks almost exactly like uh, Lightspeed. It has that cloudiness that the original had, and everything like it has. It's it's got this unique orangish color that I've yeah. never really seen before, combined with um, a hazy opacity. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, Miles, why don't, and before I ruin everything, uh, why don't you tell me what you think of the beer? I hate it. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I was, so we were moving quickly trying to get started here, mm-hmm. and I was about to take a sip, 
uh, like it was just some drinking beer that I had bought for myself, and I'm kind of wandering around, yep. you know, doing stuff at home while watching TV. And then I smelled it, and I stopped. <laughs> and I'm like, this smells really, really good. <laughs> uh, it's got a... I wanted to say that it was a bunch of sea hops, but there's, t- uh, you know, Centennial Cascade, mm-hmm. et cetera, but it was too melony. Yep. Um, so it's got this wonderful melon aroma Oh, yeah, it's super it. melony. Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it smells great. Uh, the head, uh, there's not too much head that uh, comes with it, but it sticks around for what there yep. is. Uh, the lacing, surprisingly nice for how much, you know, there really isn't to work with. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the color. It's very unique. I really haven't seen it before. Uh, like we said, it has that slight haze, and the taste is just wonderful. The carbonation is right on. It's got all of the quirks of, you know, just kind of an American pale ale. <laughs> and it, it really does taste like it's based off of the, the light speed concept. But I will say, I think I almost like it better. Better than light speed, huh? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, it, there's just a couple of characteristics that play, tor- play yeah. towards my... My particular yep. interests. You know, I, I I feel like it turned out really well. Um, I'm going to tweak it a bit more. I really want to get some Millennium in there. Um, and I ended up going a little bit lighter on the dry hopping. I didn't use... Uh, I, ju- I just went straight an ounce of uh, Falconer's Flight in each instead of adding the secondary hop as well. Okay. Because I really wanted that Falconer's Flight to come through, and I think it did. It Very much so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, this. <laughs> there's a certain maltiness to it that I wasn't quite expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, that golden promise, it definitely adds something. Yeah, it, it, it's, it doesn't quite feel like a maltiness. It almost adds a density, almost like a syrupy kind of Yeah, it, it's, it's candy-like. It's, yeah, that's the way to put yeah. it. Yeah. I like it. It, the beer tastes like a treat. It really does. It, yeah. <laughs> No, this is this is like a perfect way to wind down after just running way too many errands and not enough time. That is my the definition of my day today. <laughs> right. So, how does it taste? <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, you you pretty much, and I I'm a little bit biased because again, my beer. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's it's always hard to separate it, but I really think that this turned out as a very very solid beer. I agree. All of the aspects of it really do kind of merge onto a single entity. Yeah. The I mean if I could change anything, I guess no, I, I don't know if I would really change much about this beer. The way it is. I, I think I would I think I would uh go with a darker crystal instead of twenty. I think I'd step up to forty just to get I want it just a little bit darker, just a little bit more. SRM. I don't know if it needs to be. I l- so. Do you mean you personally want it darker, or you think it should be darker to match light speed? It, it needs to be darker to match light speed. Okay. And like the the goal of this was to get as close to light speed as possible. Okay. And then and then that kind of went out the window with the hop the hops. And, and so I I did do this as well. I I uh, one keg I did with ten fifty six, and then the other one I did with American Ale two. Okay. Um, and th- they taste very similar. The 1056 came out a little bit drier. Unfortunately, um, when I was bringing the kegs down, the, the tags fell off and I couldn't remember which one was which. And so, <laughs> so the experiment itself is a failure oh, because geez. I don't know which keg was which. Oh my God. But they both turned out really well. So either yeast worked fine. 
And I had heard a rumor that uh, American Ale 2 was is the house strain for Toppling Goliath. Oh, so very good. that's why I figured I'd try them both. Yeah. Uh, if I was going to try and not necessarily say how this should match light speed better because it's been too long since I've had yep. it. Uh, if I was going to try and change, change it this up. for myself, I would say probably take back the Golden Promise a little bit. It would add more towards just overall drinkability just a tiny bit. You think so? I, I, I think so because it would uh, drop the gravity points by... Just just a few. Well, that they, I mean, this is this is a six and a half percent yeah. beer. Yep. So I mean, we shouldn't be drink. Well, clearly this belongs in a snifter, right, Casey? No, this is <laughs> this, this. Unfortunately, is a pint glass guzzler. It's too good to put in a snifter. It's too easy. It goes down way too easy. No, this is it's a problem. Uh, overall, as a, as an endeavor for a beer, this is a this is a great success. Yeah, uh, yeah. For for a, for a first run at it, I think it turned out really well. Yeah, there's there's little that is specifically wrong with this. Like there's very little that you technically done. I think it's all there. Yeah, all all the qualities are there. Um, I I guess if you could give it a little more head somehow. Yeah, well, and so it. It was pouring. I, I think. I think that that has more to do with a with a line okay. issue, like a ta- or a, my taps need to be balanced again and gotcha. stuff. Just because, yeah, it's losing. The other one's doing the same thing. It's either too much or none. I got to get that nice. <laughs> the nice. But at the, at the same time, like if you swirl it around, you can. I mean, you can build up the head. Maybe we're doing that now. By the way, yes, <laughs> swirling, 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 swirling. Still smells fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you get a little bit there. That's beer radio for you, right? Oh man, that's that's good stuff. Uh, and so I was I wasn't gonna have much, but now that I'm drinking it, <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. We've got a long night ahead of us, and there's a lot of beer right over there. This is there. the first. This is this is the first half hour of like six hours I'm recording tonight. Woo! Absolutely. All woo, right. Woo. Okay. So. That is out of the way. Um, we've stroked my ego enough. Why don't we bring me down with a with a topic? All right. In that case, it's time for a party. Guile. Beer. Boom. Right? Absolutely. I even have it in there like that, too. <sighs> All right, Miles, what is a party guile? A party guile. Uh, well, okay. I'm going to ask you that question because there's the... What is generally accepted as the answer, and then there's the right. I'm gonna answer. be completely honest. My brain's at like twenty five percent twenty five percent right now, and I'm blanking completely you on part of You do this to me way too frequently. Yeah, well, if you would show up at times when we schedule things, I was here before you were. Yeah, well, you weren't last week. You didn't remind me. Not my fault. <laughs> Not your date book, <laughs> right? Uh, in any case, a party guile. Uh, in general, is when you make multiple beers from one mash. Okay, all right. That is the very general concept that... Now all the knowledge is flooded back. Yes. Okay, so uh, now that it's coming back, what is your general understanding of a party guile? My general understanding of a party guile? Yeah, I'm looking for a very broad answer. Okay, so basically, I mean, it's... So you make a strong beer, with, with and you take, you know, the first, second runnings of that... I guess, and just enough to make your strong beer. And then you're left with weaker runnings after that, and you can make a lighter, easier drinking beer. Yeah. 
for the most part. That is what is uh, generally regarded as the modern way of thinking about it. And that is not the way it was originally created. Really? Yes. Uh, and then I'll just kind of throw it out there because I have it in here. Uh, for the most part, when people talk about party guiling, they're usually talking about making a, a big stout and then a secondary porter. Okay. So, I mean, it's just the easiest application yep. to, the, to the idea. All right. Is that really all there is to it? Answer, obviously not. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. All right. Uh, so what's missing? What what do you, what do you so if I'm telling you that that's not all there is what do you think could possibly be more about it That is a question that cannot be answered because the answer has been lost to the ravages of time No damn it okay. <laughs> uh, So I was just going to uh, I was going to toss it out there as a couple of other examples that you could do something like a barley wine and a secondary English ale or you could also do a bigger porter and then a smaller brown Okay. Just, you know, I feel like this is just reiterating the same thing. It, it right? really is. It really is. Although, I, I'm not going to lie. When I originally heard the term party guile, um, I really only heard it in reference to stouts. Like, I thought it was. Oh, no. I see. I, start I've, with a stout, make a point. I, uh, the first time I heard it was in uh, relation to Scotch Ales, uh, making a wee heavy and then like a 60 shilling. See? And that didn't even come to my mind. Yeah. Um, so, what really is the, anything that uses uh, essentially the same malts, <clears throat> just in different quantities? Sure, you can you can do use as a part of guile. So we're gonna delve back into history a little bit, anywhere from 150 to 200 years, really. Wait. Whoa, 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 whoa! Sorry, that was my back in time noise. It was fun. That totally did not sound like Doctor Who. That wasn't supposed to be Doctor Who. <laughs> that was my patented back in time noise. I would like to see the paperwork for that. I just patented it today. It's at the patent office. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that is a thing. I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, so back in the day, uh, party guiling was the most economic way to, to brew beers. Okay. And so uh, both for financial reasons and for providing the maximum variation of beer with as little effort as possible. Okay. So the idea was um, you you take a recipe, obviously, and then you run, uh, take the first runnings, and then that gives you, you know, you have a, a higher gravity set of runnings. Mm-hmm. And then you can take second runnings, uh, which is less, and you can even take third or fourth if you really, really wanted to. The idea is that you're collecting, you know, so much worth that you're getting really, really high efficiency Okay. as far as the grain is concerned so that you're getting all the sugar out of there that you could reasonably and possibly get. And then they would take that wort and then they would put each one of them through a separate boil with their own hop schedules. Okay. And now you could be talking about wort as high as 1080 to as low as 1020 and just have a variation across the board. So you'd, you'd have uh, 1080 wort, which would be your first runnings, and then you'd hop the heck out of it because higher gravities take hops less mm-hmm. well. And then at the lower end, you'd have your 1020. You wouldn't put a whole lot in there. And you really wouldn't have that much of it either because... Yeah. And then uh, after everything is boiled and cooled, then you start mixing and mashing. Or mixing and matching. Oh, start blending. Start blending. And you can actually come out with uh, targeted original gravities. Okay. And so that... Uh, there are some places that would have uh, one recipe and have as many as 12 beers come from it. Intriguing. 12 unique beers. Very intriguing. Yeah. So I thought it was fantastic. And I have for you 
uh, an example of what a party guile might look like. It's a it's a simple one. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so, a recipe here: eight point seven five pounds of two row, two and a quarter crystal forty. Mash at one fifty four for an hour. Okay. Uh, and then you would take about three gallons of wort for or at a, roughly ten eighty five. That would be the target. That would be the goal. Mm-hmm. And you would boil that for ninety minutes with a hop schedule. Excuse me. Of Fuggle at 90 and 60, then Wireman at 60, and Saz at 30. Okay. Then you're, they call it the sparge wort. This is the, the second runnings that has everything else in it. You would collect about four gallons, the target being about 1020, with a hop schedule of Fuggle at 90 and 60, some invert, invert sugar at 60, then Wireman at 60, and some Saz at 30. Okay. And so that is... Um, not nearly as, as hopped up as the other one. And then they would make a strong ale and a mild ale out of this, with the mild ale being 1054, or excuse me, the strong ale at 1054 original gravity and the mild ale at 1033. Hmm. And they would ferment with different yeasts. Okay. Yeah. So I, I thought it was a very, very interesting thing, and I was going to say... Next Sunday, I would like to do this with you. Well, we will talk about that off air because I, I'm not going to commit to anything on air. I, I know, um, <laughs> but I wanted to talk about just in general yes. the concept that I have. Yeah, no, the con- I, I love the concept. I feel like it'd be fun to do, but we will talk about scheduling at a later time. Yes, fair enough. Anyways, uh, so what I want to be able to do is take one of your ESB recipes. Mm-hmm. Soup it up just a little bit, and then we would end up with a. Uh, you want to mess with my USB recipes? Mild, now, now mildly. we're now we're talking mildly. crazy, crazy talk, absolutely. And then what I would like to see come out of it would be a barley wine, a an ESB, and a pale ale. It seems like a lot of stuff. It would be well. Okay, so um, I guess one of the one of the things I wanted to point out is the recipe was. Uh, 10, 11 pounds, and they got seven gallons of beer out of it. Hmm. Intriguing. So, I mean, it's like, uh, at least for this example, they came up with what could easily be a five-gallon recipe, and they got seven gallons of beer out of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's just kind of one of the e- efficiency aspects to the economic quality uh-huh. of party guiling. Okay. And... Uh, I've I've also looked at other examples that some of the articles proposed where they had uh, three run or three runnings and made as many as five different beers out of it. Okay, um, but I want to do just uh, three runnings and make three beers. Intriguing. I don't quite have a recipe yet because I'm still trying to figure out some of the math. Oh, and I also want to do this. Very interesting, kind of related, kind of not. <laughs> um. I would like to when when you're brewing your beer, take samples of the of the runnings as they're coming as you're sparging, and graph out the gravity of the wort as you're taking it out. Okay, and then if we end up liking this party guiling system, um, I'd be able to have a reference chart to say that, or to be able to plan it out more efficiently, more okay. effectively, so mm-hmm. that we're not just saying, I don't know what's going to happen, let's hope for the best. Yeah. And that we'd actually have a game plan. Okay. Uh, so that you can be like, hey, Miles, I want to brew. You get a barley wine, I get an ESB. <laughs> or, but see, here's here's my thing, Miles. 
I could just have 10 gallons of ESB. Yeah. And then no terrible barley wine. Well, okay, so uh, the way I'm thinking is if we if we did this, we would we would use like your straight 10-gallon recipe recipe. Uh-huh. I'd get two gallons of barley wine. You'd still get ten gallons of ESP. Hmm, I don't know. This seems sketchy. Fishy. I don't. Fishy, sketchy. I don't know if I like it. Why? Because I get something out of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you found my crux. <laughs> <laughs> the Horcrux. Yes. Beer. Uh, no. Miles <laughs> getting stuff. <laughs> In any case, thanks for this beer. <laughs> right? <laughs> you clearly drank yours way faster than mine. Yeah, well, it's delicious, and I've had a long day. And beer is yummy. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess, is there anything, like, do you have anything to add about Partigale, or? No, that that was pretty much the bulk of it. I could easily sit here and rattle off numbers and names and stuff at you for that quite a while. That doesn't sound exciting. That is why I left it out. All right. Well, I I guess I don't really have a whole lot to add to the no, whole Partigale I, I, discussion. Do you, do you like the whole Partigale thing? I don't know. I have not decided yet. So, it, <clears throat> I was also I feel like it's going to take longer, and that part I don't like. I was also going to say this, that if we were going to do it, I would also have a burner and a kettle next to you so that um, everything would be going on at the same time. Still seems like it'll take longer. Somehow. I don't know. I, see, I I figured it out the other day because I was thinking about this, and I'm like, Miles likes to do all this crazy, weird stuff see, with this beers. Doesn't no, I, I, okay. I just let, let, me, let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let okay. me finish. Okay. And I'm like, well... I mean, and I should want to do that stuff more as well. But then it hit me. I'm a, I guess, I brew out of necessity more than anything. It's, and I, I brew as efficiently as possible because when it comes right down to it, I don't particularly care for the act of brewing itself. I like the results, <laughs> but I don't particularly care for the four hours of hurry up and wait. Sure. And so it really just boils down to, I just want beer. <laughs> See, and, and for me, like the whole process of brewing and knowing why I'm doing what I'm doing and what I'm going to get from it. Is is almost a zen thing. Yeah, and like see, I get I'm, to sit back and I get to look at the mash grains and see, I get to my look my at the zen bit boiling. hits when I can walk over to my own kegerator and pull off some of my own beer. That's that's the part of a brewing I that, enjoy. That's the icing on the cake. No, see, it's that's like, the only reason I do this. <laughs> <laughs> but see, you also said that uh, you like to brew as efficiently as possible. I do. This is more efficient. Not if it takes longer. But you get more beer. Two gallons of beer. For uh, less money. Man. You it, said efficient. This is the definition of it. Yeah, but it's if, different. If you, if you really wanted to, I will come back next week and I will give you the numbers to say what it would take to brew the beers separately compared to doing it party guile style. All right. Those actually would be fun numbers to see. Um, the The article didn't... Excuse me. Some of the articles didn't exactly uh, specify here are example numbers mm-hmm. for why it was more efficient. Uh, they did, however, just comment that um, some of these places who relied on parlay guiling would not have been able to stay in business without it. Intriguing. Uh, I mean, granted, on a homebrew scale, it might not be that much, but when you're talking about oh hundred, yeah, no, when, when you're talking about barrels, barrels and barrels, yeah. yeah. 
there there is a slight difference. Interesting. But okay. I I love this party guile idea, and I am going to see it through. All right. I am hesitant about this party guile idea, and I will watch you see it through. <laughs> <laughs> and then drink the beer after. Like I said, that's the only part I like. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for uh, tuning into Homebrew Bound this week. Uh, if you'd like to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash blindnessstudios and check that stuff out there. Or uh, head on over to blindnessstudios.com, click on the Amazon link on the homepage, go buy yourself some brew supplies, and we get a bit of a cut from Amazon. Everybody wins. It's fantastic. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or you want to just say things that prove Miles wrong, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback yeah. at blindnewstudios.com. Or <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewstudios or follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>